Everything is sparkly. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Core. This is Core, where we talk about video games. And it's just me and Bo today. Scott Johnson here. Bo Schwartz there. Hi, Bo. Good morning. Afternoon. Hello, evening. Scott. Hi. No John today. He's out. It feels weird in here. We've done how many of these? 179 yep. of these? Yep. I think we've done They've one all other... featured John. Wait a minute. Didn't we do one other one that was just me and you or me and John? I don't remember now. Could thought... be. Could be. Yeah. I thought there was one other episode where I was there, but it was only one of you. And so we're doing it again. John has responsibilities this week. He's been tasked with great honor and, uh, I don't know, uh... Uh, it's, uh, he's uh, I can't think of another word, but he's got to watch a house and some dogs. So he's there watching them, keeping an eye very closely on those dogs. Can't let those dogs get like, out of hand, right? When you say it out loud, it sounds like a, like a really bad reason to miss the show. That's <laughs> 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 like the kind of reason I'm like, oh, why did you call in sick for work? Well, I had some dogs to watch. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. I know he has a good reason. I'm just, we're just making No, it's pretty funny because... I think also part of it is if you had a microphone there, the dogs get real loud, like they'll bark. Oh. And he didn't want to, you know, cause any problems that way, which I totally get. I'm moving, well, I'm moving us to the central server. Hold on a second. There we go. Oh, I moved. It may I'm not there. matter, but I meant to do it before the show started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Core. We're going to talk about cool stuff. And then later today, or that is to say tonight, after we finish the show, we're going to play Heroes of the Storm. You're thinking, well, wait, I thought John couldn't come. Well, he still can't and won't, but, but Tyler Lansdowne will. Who's he? Oh, I don't know. Just a cool guy that works over there at NetherRealm. Helped put together that there uh, Mortal Kombat 11 and uh, is a great community manager over there. And he's going to be with us tonight playing Heroes with me, you, Kristen, and Kyle. And, uh, it's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. We've been trying to do this forever with that guy. So finally... Fruition, as the kids say. It's uh, the podcast crossover everyone wanted. I've seen him on the official NetherM combat cast with yeah. a K. The cast is with a K. Yeah. Everything's with a K with Mortal Kombat. How was he over there? He was good on that? Oh, yeah. It's a great little show. If you like the Mortal Kombat, they explain how to play the game, which is kind of nice because it's actually quite hard. Yeah. There's stuff to do in that game that you should do to improve your play. Uh, but here we are. We're going to do this. We're going to get right into it, too, and talk about what I think is the big news. Now, I don't know. Maybe you'll disagree with me. And maybe there are other people out there that are like, ah, whatever, Scott. This is not that big a deal. Who cares? The first two weren't all that great. Second was a lot better than the first. But who cares about a game called Watch Dogs? And I introduce it with this. We now have a confirmed leaked reveal from Ubisoft that Watch, watch Dogs, Watch Dogs, Legion. So it's Watchdogs colon Legion has been confirmed and a reveal coming at E3 2019. Uh, this is following a retail leak. Ubisoft officially confirmed what is likely to be one of its bigger upcoming surprises. Watchdogs Legion. Uh, the Twitter account came to life following the recent leak and basically confirmed everything that everybody had been saying, like it said in London, uh, as well as this assumption that it will be shown at E3, but also this. Okay, here's where it gets interesting. Did you play Watch Dogs 1 or 2? I've thoroughly played Watch Dogs 1. Okay. Never touched 2. All right. 2, I played 1 as well. I think 2 was the better game. Um, 
but I also preferred the tone, the darker tone of one. Two is a little goofy, yeah, okay. mm-hmm. uh, but I like the gameplay better. This will likely return to that tone a little bit. This is all set in a post-Brexit uh, uh, UK or Britain, that is, uh, London. Mm-hmm. And here's the big thing that sets it apart. And they say uh, they say that this game's been delayed multiple times internally because of this, because it's very ambitious. Uh, but this is what we know. Supposedly, it's rumored that you've got a main character in the game, but throughout the game, you can be anybody you want in that world. And everybody in that world, every NPC you see, can be taken over by you, and you can play them, and they will have their own voice actor work, they'll have their own animations, they'll have all their own stuff as if they were the main protagonist. Now, what that probably means is there's like 10, is my thinking, 10 sets, like male voice number two to male voice number eight or whatever. There's probably, it can't be that quite that granular my, is my thinking. They may have figured out a way to do it. Maybe it's procedurally generated voice oh, work I from a computer. I think you're onto something. <laughs> right. But it still sounds pretty rad. And then it makes the word or the name sound like it means something when you say Legion, you know, we are Legion. Here's all these guys that can hack everything. And if it's a return to that kind of subversive story and they actually want to have something to say here, there's like an opportunity for all of that, and it could be really rad. Uh, you've said on the show previously, you're not really open world guy. Um, no, that's why I didn't play two. Right, because you were like, I played ah. one and enjoyed it, but had my, fi- I was like, I'm not oh, another city, man. <laughs> Forget it. Right. Like, I like hacker games and uh, cyberpunk sort of stuff. It's up my alley, but the just the idea of, playing another open world i didn't really care for it watchdogs one it felt that's a good example of a game where the open world is superfluous to you know it's just drive to point x and then do the mission yeah so i didn't need the open worldness of it i would agree watchdogs one was bereft of interesting in between content and that was my main problem with it two had a lot better stuff in it um i think ubisoft has gone on to make even better games in open worlds i think the like I've said multiple times, the latest Assassin's Creed is an incredible open world game because there is a lot of flesh between um, points of interest. So if you've got a mission to do, go from here there to do it. But there's a billion things to, to, that you could go do in the meantime that are between there and there. And I like that. I like it. And they're not just the same stuff over and over. There's a lot of diversity and you know interesting things to do. So hopefully they bring that to this. But what would really set this apart is this idea that you are not just a dude you can jump between people. And from a narrative standpoint, that almost sounds like, well, how are you going to work that out? Like, how do you make a cohesive story about a bunch of strangers or about a bunch of faceless people in a crowd? But gameplay-wise, that sounds neat. Like, what if your fast travel in this game isn't pretending that your car got there real quick because you unlocked a tower or whatever? What if it's you jumped into a lady who's clear across town? And now you're the I imagine lady. you're not hacking the person and occupying them in like a cyberpunk sense. I assume not. Get, yeah, I assume not. I don't know. Just that you get to play different people? I think um, the, I think the idea, if if we are all correct in our assumptions, and we don't know near enough to say for, for certain, but the idea is uh, you would jump between them because you're all in on it. In other words, they're all hackers. And so what you're doing is saying, well, off to you, Bill. You do the, you go, now it's your, you know, now you go. But instead of you just sending somebody off to do a thing, you're recruiting people that you'll get to play, that you actually get to play, and that in theory this is just an endless 
number of, of unique situations where you could jump around and do some really strategic stuff during missions and things like that. That's the thinking. Hmm. Does that grab you by the chode and yank or no? <laughs> uh i have to see more no chode for me no chode um, all right it's <laughs> <No> ch- <laughs> <laughs> uh, a weird analogy um no i think in particular because this sounds like the kind of thing a triple a studio doesn't do very well mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like let's forego all those that that triple a narrative get voice actors and do sweet cinematics and make a game that sounds more like a roguelike where I get to start as different NPCs and try to do things and probably die. If I'm, if I'm just, if I, if I log into Aisha Tyler, who's always in those games, I think, uh, Aisha, 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 Aisha I think it's Aisha. I think. Yeah. yeah. Aisha Tyler. Yeah. If, because I know she's in the first one. You could hack her phone. Yeah. But you know, do I get to play her? Is it anybody or is it a team of NPCs? So like, that's, to me, playing anyone sounds more interesting. I just don't believe that a AAA studio will do that, so we'll see. Well, according um, according to the listing that got then pulled as part of this leak, uh, it says yeah. this. The main character in Watchdog Legion is an NPC that you select. Quote, the product description states, play as anyone. Every individual you meet in the open world has a full set of animations, voiceover, character traits, and visuals that are generated and guided by gameplay systems. So can I play as Gary from Landtronic? <laughs> I <laughs> mean, in a just world, yes. <laughs> or like, is it it's like hacking to anyone? You know, it's like uh... <laughs> really. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, play why, as, uh, yeah, who? Why not? Who? Who's the uh, Peter Parker actor? Oh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Paul? No. Tom. Tom Hardy. Thompson? Tom Selleck. Tom. Tom I don't even know Fla- Flim Flam. What's his name? <laughs> I don't know. Oh my Can gosh. I play that guy? Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Jeez. Tom Holland. So I'm like, Tom Holland, he must live in London, right? Is he an NPC I can play? I don't know. I'm just being a little smart ass about this, but I'm like, I don't know about this. This sounds weird. It does sound weird, uh, but are you glad they're doing something ambitious and new and not just relying on the same old formula? Because I don't know. Yeah, that- so ambitious and new, but they did call their game Watchdogs Legion, like a few years after world of warcraft had a super expansion called legion so it's already got points off in my mind for like what's an original name for our hacker game it can be anybody yeah mm, but let's Le- call it legion there's legion, no what game has been called legion recently but legion legion has always meant that though when somebody says we are legion it means we are everywhere we are all things we are you know it's a popular hacker yeah, thing and too like world of warcraft can maybe get away with it because the burning legion has been around for a long time yeah so you know it's not like they're just using a buzzword that's the name of a faction that also happens to be a pretty big buzzword for selling a movie or mm-hmm. a video game yeah um yeah and path of exiles like the expansion they're just releasing in a few days is also called legion it has points off for that too <laughs> you can't just be like wow we give up we don't have a name let's just call it legion because there's a whole bunch of something x so i'm a little like but you got things like there's other games like um here i got a list of them um assassin's creed legion games uh legion gold or simply legion turn-based strategy game uh legions magic the gathering um legion mass effect uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see. Blah, 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 blah. Legion, central villain in the video game Shadow Man. Well, these don't count. World of Warcraft Legion, you mentioned. The Legion, a killer character in a horror video game, Dead by Daylight. Again, not in the title. Uh, 
It's a it's a common word, man. There's comic books and TV and movies. I know, and, I know. It's just they can't sit there and go like, let's call our Watchdogs game Legion because it really makes sense in the Watchdog universe. <laughs> well, like someone in marketing is just like thinking. It's somebody thinking like Legion's a good word. People think you know like they didn't sit there and really think like what's going to be an original impactful name. So it's already off to a bad start in my mind. Well, who said the original? We are Legion. I'm gonna find this. That's like, isn't it? I am Legion or no, I am Legend. That's different. Oh, okay. There was a 2012 documentary film by that name called We Are Legion. It was the story of the hacktivists, a 2012 documentary about the workings and beliefs of the self-described collective known as Anonymous. So very much Mr. Robotish, you know that whole thing. Okay. We are Le- we are everywhere. We are Legion. You'll never know who we are, but we're there. We're working. We're doing stuff behind the scenes. You'll never know it's us. Uh, secret society kind of stuff. I think that's as old as time. But if you say we are Legion Origin, that's probably a video game. We are Legion Origin. Uh, let's see. The original statement, we are Legion. It's from the Bible. Oh, I didn't know that. In Mark 5, 9 and Luke eight thirty, a man possessed by an evil spirit comes to Jesus looking for help. When Jesus, the spirit, uh, sorry, the spirit, it, its name, the spirit replies, Oh, he asked him his name. This, this has a typo in it. Uh, the, quote, the quote in the Bible is, My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. So that's where they're getting it. That's the idea. That's the source. It isn't, hey, Warcraft had green dudes from space in it. We should call, I don't think, I don't think it's the etymology of, of the origin. I'm not, of I'm not saying they outright ripped it off. I'm just saying, I don't know. I don't know. It's got points off. It's points off from both. All right. Points off from but both. But that doesn't mean uh, Rose by any other name can smell as sweet. So ultimately, if this game is awesome, it doesn't matter. It could be called Bunghole and it'd be a great game. Yeah. So it doesn't, that sort of doesn't matter. But just hearing it right now, I'm a little bit judgy uh, on the fact that it's called Watch Dogs Legion. Yeah. So I just picture Illidan with the hacker phone and on the hood, just like running around like I'm going to hack Brexit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How so about John? John has an idea in the chat. You know, he's not here, but he's kind of here. Sure. Um, he says, Watch Dogs 3, the one in England, governor. He thinks that should be the title. <laughs> no. Oh, no? Okay. Exactly. Points, po- points off that. John from Bo. Points off John. <laughs> points off. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know about that name. That's a, I know it's a small thing. It's, it is a small thing. I shouldn't make a big deal out of it. Yeah. It, I just, I don't like it. Yeah. Um, it also, it gets away. It sounds cool, though. It, get, it gets mean, away from numbers, too, right? Which, again, they they seem to do with a lot of their titles, the the um uh the uh or, sorry assassin's creed games stopped calling them numbered at four was it yeah because because after four which was black flag uh oh, they yeah. they were then unity then they were syndicate then they were origins and now they are uh odyssey they've stopped doing numbers i wonder if we'll start seeing that more often like call of duty we'll talk about them a little bit later we know what the next call of duty is and it's called modern warfare and that's it no Call of Duty num- numbers, no Modern Warfare 3 or 4 or any of that. They're just going back to Captain Price and his big dumb mustache and going straight to the throat with Modern Warfare and they're and they and they don't care anymore. Do you think the, I think numbers makes it I think the numbers make it feel like you should start from one. Yeah. At least that's how we think of it when it comes to movies and stuff. And I think they're releasing so many chapters of these video games and they don't want people to not buy the game because they feel like well, I can't get into it. <clears throat> this is uh, Magic the Gathering 127. I have to start at Expansion Pack 1 if I'm going to catch up to 127. And just the games are not, you know, obviously that's dumb. So I don't think 
I think this makes sense actually. Yeah. Now I can just play whatever I can play Assassin's Creed Odyssey and not care about the other ones. Yeah, that's true. You don't feel like you're like um fourth and I or fifth and I've skipped. I mean, can you imagine playing Mass Effect 3 as your first game? Oh, my gosh. Like you should play Mass Effect from 1 because the trilogy is meant that way. Yeah, although 2 is still the best thing ever and the other two and are... now you can have never played Andromeda, and if there's ever another installment, you're okay. Did you ever have a sandwich where the meat in the middle was just so good? Like the best middle sandwich you've ever had, but the bread mm-hmm. on, the other, on, on the top and the bottom were just kind of... Eh. You know, not great in different ways. The one on top yeah, is just yeah, kind of old. I think I know what you mean. Especially like a Montreal smoked meat sandwich. Yeah. Oftentimes the rye is like, it's okay. Right. It's how it's meant to be eaten. But you're like, I just really like this big, fat, fatty smoked meat bit in the middle. Right. That's what I. That's what Mass Effect is for me. Because two is the meat. One is a, a, a start and then them fixing a lot of things for two. Not a bad game, but just a lot of problems that they got rid of and fixed. And then three is just a misstep. But two is this amazing piece of smoked Montreal meat. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Oh. Except one tasted good at first because it's the only one we had. So That's true. I mean, actually, one one went down in my, in my opinion after I played two. Because one, oh. one weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, mechanically mostly. Story and stuff's fine. I didn't have a problem with any of that. I don't know so two played way better than the first one. That was the big complaint. The first one is such a great story and setting, and then it was like, oh, I got to do this combat stuff. It was bad. Okay, and, yeah, and they were, it was like Bioware wasn't sure if they should just lean into the action or try to make this like an old Bioware game, and it's like they mm-hmm. couldn't decide, and therefore both options kind of sucked. And two, they were like, yeah, it's an over the shoulder third person shooter when there's fighting going, and yeah, you can pause it and do some strategy, but really at the end of the day, just shoot the other guys. And that worked a lot better. Uh, anyway, uh, that has nothing to do with this, except to say this. And also, also don't make us drive around on a dusty planet surface. No, that sucked. That was really bad. That was horrible. Although I do wish these, I wish these games, or I wish games set in space where there's a lot of narrative. I wish they would have more big space in it, because really, at the end of the day, like two and three, you weren't, you didn't feel like you were in space. You felt like you were in a lobby where you would choose a planet and then a little ship on the screen would fly there and then you'd have a load screen and then you'd land and do stuff. But you were never like, I never felt like I was in space. Uh, Except when you die from being in space at the beginning of it. Oh, right. Because that is... But yeah, I know what you mean, though. Yeah. yeah. Because their replacement wasn't that great, where it's just you were in a menu and you found a picture of a JPEG of a planet and then you had to scan the JPEG. That's something I've noticed that you do, Bo does this all the time, where he where at the end of the day he, he reminds us that everything in video games is basically a JPEG and you got to go get it. You do that I mean, a yeah, lot. Sometimes, sometimes they're like, let's sell the fantasy of this thing, and you're like, it's pretty transparent. I'm just playing with JPEGs. I can do this in Photoshop, people. Yeah, no, it's not it's not untrue. But that first game with the crappy moon landing thing at least was an attempt to get you out of the ship, and and be yeah, in a place yeah. that was kind of there just cool. wasn't anything interesting on those planets usually the environments were actually pretty cool i thought but yeah just, and I, I, I like feel... the random planets like not the mission planets but the random planets you'd land on they just had capsules that you'd find it was and you'd get like whatever mm-hmm. currency it was yeah. yeah no and like look again story throughout awesome uh just mechanically too is amazing john's arguing in the chat that he thinks i'm saying this now because he's not here so he can't reply um whatever man you know that two is better than three and one he knows this 
So whatever. He you can come back next week. We'll have a full rebuttal. Yeah, but you. Know, I would say though, three was favorable. Still pretty good. I I still enjoyed my time in three. Were you I can a, see. I agree that two is definitely the best of the three, but yeah, they brought it home. I mean, yeah, I was were, okay for. Me. Were you Lady Shepherd or Man Shepherd? I was Lady Shepherd. Oh, I was Man Shepherd. I don't know I why. Was, uh, I was a my shepherd was a renegade. Did you turn her? Oh, I bypassed really? an entire boss fight because I went so deep in Renegade while they were delivering their model. You know, bad guys yeah. are like, blah, blah, blah. I just shot them and killed them immediately. <laughs> and I got skipped them. There's no boss fight. It was done. <laughs> I was like, Renegade is awesome. That's why that game was great. That's in, and by the way, in Mass Effect 2, there was no opportunity like that in Mass Effect. No, right? in 3, they kind of watered all that yeah. stuff down. 2 was wicked. It was just like, oh, this guy sounds so obnoxious. Then the Renegade shows yeah. up and I'm like, click. Bioware peaked then, as far as I'm concerned. Nothing since then has lived up to that. Not even close. Uh, all right, so let me say this. I don't know how we got onto this, but I kind of want to f- finish my thought on Mass Effect. Because of Watchdogs. And- well, yeah, yeah. But, okay, so, but in the Mass Effect case, what was I, gonna, I actually had a point. What was it going to be? Oh, I made Man Shepherd, but here's what I did. and I ma- It was kind of a mistake, but I played through anyway. You know how you can go in there and just choose the guy and he looks like Shepherd and you're Shepherd? You can yeah, go um- tweak him if you want. And man, can okay. you tweak him? So my guy had like big dumb ears. His eyes were way close together. He had big <laughs> flappy lips like a duck. He looked terrible. So anytime he's supposed to be taking anyone seriously or he's romancing some character. He's like, I'm a paragon. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm Captain Shepard. What's your problem, everybody? Like it was the worst. <laughs> he, I treated him very poorly and I feel kind of bad about it. I made a, a badass, uh, badass female shepherd. Femship is the way to go. Femship is pretty great. Yeah. Um, anyway, so look forward to your Legion there. Uh, the other thing that the Legion name affords them if they decide to do that is this game could live a little longer with like long tail game. Maybe Legion implies uh, a lot more multiplayer interactivity, asynchronous play, possibly s- spying around in other people's games. You trying to figure out who's real and who isn't. Like there's some, there's just, some it stuff. It just depends like what the emergent gameplay is like because like... It's basically Grand Theft Auto with hacking. Yeah. Because you can steal cars and, you know, take stuff and then do car things with the hacking. It was really unappealing. Like, if it's a little more nuts and bolts with, like, actually breaking into people's data and getting their data and doing, like, roguelike things with it, which are not either narrative fueling, then that that concept's always been there. I've, I've actually always had the concept of a roguelike game where you're a hacker and your job is to just like hack procedurally generated things and upgrade the software forms of attacks that you have, things like that. And just, you could make a roguelike game uh, from this whole hacking paradigm. And it's too detailed to get into on the show, but I've had this idea and I'm sure others have too, that you could just do that. Yeah. So if that's what this is, and that's really exciting. I just don't know that Ubisoft's the company to make that kind of game. So. Maybe not. They are the company that has a giant map and about 10 towers you got to get to and make sure you get your fast travel points and climb that ladder and do that thing. So you're not wrong to be concerned that it's that again, but I kind of hope they go in a different direction. And by the way, if you're looking for a good game that lets you hack a lot of stuff and it's procedurally generated and kind of roguelike in its nature, might I recommend Invisible Inc.? My game, oh, I have that. my game of the year in 2015 when it came out. You actually gifted that to me, and I still have it installed, but I haven't started it yet. You should there. play that game because what you're asking for is kind of there, man. It's oh, really, there you go. it's really good. You should play that. It was like a Christmas gift, like two years ago. I know. I, 
<laughs> There's a lot of games I need to get to. It's it's so honestly playing games is is real really irritating because every time you play one game, you think about what you're not playing. Yeah, I find all the time. I bought the expansion for Surviving Mars two weeks ago mm. and just booted it up today an hour before the show and played like 20 minutes. Oh, how it how to well we'll get to that I guess because you've been playing it. We'll talk about it later in the show, but that's another game I want to get more into. So I actually have some questions for you, which we'll get to here in a second. But now this this is kind of a big deal. It's not going to be to core gamers as much as it is the industry as a whole, Uh, or or really uh, it's going to have a big impact on Apple's plans for their Apple Arcade subscription. And that news is they got up on stage and announced that both the Xbox One controller, Xbox One S controller in particular, it's important to note that because the previous ones do not work, which is true kind of across the board for a lot of devices. Xbox One's weird with their controllers. But anyway, Xbox One S controller and PlayStation 4 controller will be fully supported for iPhone, Apple TV, iOS devices, um, anywhere, the, anywhere, smart TVs, wherever you get this subscription system. And therefore, all the all gaming that may use a controller will now use those two controllers. Up till now, you couldn't do that. Uh, so it's kind of a big deal. I guess for the longest time, the rumors were Apple had their own controller in the works. They were going to bring this thing out. And iOS gamers were going to freak out because they were going to have their own controller. And then what you saw instead was like third-party uh, people making these MiFi controllers. And those work pretty well. But everybody secretly just wished that the two best controllers on the market might get support. And hot damn, they now get support. So this will be as of the updates that are coming later in the summer and will be a part of that rollout of Arcade, uh, uh, the Arcade subscription thing, which I'm actually very excited about. And I'm more excited now than I was before because these controllers are going to make that experience much, much better. Um, But it is interesting. It's them saying, look, we know that the market is already saturated with consoles. We're not trying to compete as a console we're trying to compete as a service and why not just use those controllers the other funny thing is that both uh, microsoft and sony seem to be all on board on this and excited about it they posted stuff on their twitter pages and are just like yeah dude check it out our controller is going to work with this thing which i think is a strange thing because this is going to effectively compete with some of their services you know playstation plus playstation now uh or is that their tv thing no well, whatever um, same for Xbox with uh, the pat, the Game Pass thing and their other stuff. So I'm very curious about this now, way more than I used to be. Up till now, I'm like, okay, that's cool for for the big, for the huge, humongous, out of control mobile market, which doesn't really match me or any of us on this show. Now you have me interested because there are some cool games being made for that service exclusively, and controller support is part of that. That's kind of a big deal. So worth mentioning. Like, uh- Oceanhorn 2, Knights of the Lost Realm. Yeah, have you played that? You <laughs> no. played Oceanhorn 1? Uh, no. Is it good? It's very good. It looks like a, it looks like a Zelda clone. It is totally a Zelda clone, but a good one. Mm. So if you're looking the for one that the one that piqued my interest cuz I I hadn't heard of I didn't know this was a thing until you put it in the po- show notes today. I had mm. no idea. That's... Um <clears throat> uh they're making a sequel to Beneath a Steel Sky. Yes, they are. Exclusive That's to this kind of crazy. service as well. Um, that's, that's an exclusive it is to this to this service yes apple's getting a bunch of exclusives i know how much you love those when a company swoops in and says hey we'll pay you a bunch of money just to have your thing here you love that don't you uh no i do not actually <laughs> oh, oh wait you're the same guy that thinks the epic store sucks that's right <laughs> um, well i i don't think the store sucks i 
I think the well, I don't need another store first of all, and mm-hmm. they haven't made a case for me to get their store by holding you know develop, holding the availability of games hostage on a platform that is open. Yeah. Now the Apple thing is not a platform that's open, so I can't go into this saying like, "Ooh, Apple, why are they suddenly trying to make things exclusive?" Because that's like their whole sales pitch, right? It's like, their everything. They want you in their ecosystem. Hundred percent. That's why it's so shocking that you can use an Xbox or PlayStation Four controller. Like that's, I mean, that's got a. That's that's so an Apple. Like, where is my Apple controller? What's it, going on? It is, but that's them. I think conceding a little bit of ground. That's them saying, it's kind of like what Microsoft's had to do over the last few years. They've had to basically go, all right, well, we got real stubborn about all our platforms. We wanted everybody to stay here, and instead they went everywhere else. Windows Phone was a huge failure. All these little ideas were were flops. What are we doing? Satya Nadella comes in and goes, I know. Why don't we put our rad services and our cool things everywhere? And let's quit being so so platform agno- or being platform specific, and let's be agnostic about our platforms. And it turned the company around, both in public opinion and their fortunes. They're doing great. It's because nobody likes exclusivity. It's just it's just how tolerant your market is to it. Right. If you can get away with it, then that's you could look great. Some people will even espouse that you know they like their Apple products, and you know they like these walled gardens and, and controlled environments because it suits them. But really, you're having something taken away from you in in an industry that was founded on, you know, like just, it's computers. It's founded on like accessibility and openness and, th- th- you know, we love open source programs. We love community driven things. These are like pillars of, of just being forget even just PC versus console because consoles are just computers. Any like they're all computers at the end of the day. Right. But nobody is a fan of it. Well, like nobody likes it. Nobody. Well, people. What you can get away with. Some people do like curated experiences, and you could argue that Windows is a curated platform. Yeah, but um, you could say to somebody, "Well, we'll give you a curated platform, but the stuff that's on the platform is also available in other places." And this, people go, "Okay, sounds cool." Yeah, which is <laughs> and why I can be like, "What? My platform <laughs> exclusive is available on another platform?" Ah, like nobody does that. No, that's like not a thing. No, like, platform exclusive. I, I agree with you. Platform exclusivity is a is I don't have a problem with everybody wanting everyone to have a platform, yeah. but it's the services on top of the platform that it gets weird if you're trying to be exclusive about it. Like the multiple stores on PC. Uh, like, you know, I don't know. I guess it's not really a closed platform because you can make iOS games anywhere else you want to, too. But they the, the way that theirs is closed is this is this effort to do this arcade thing. And a lot of, some of those games aren't exclusive to the platform, but some of them are. And so they're basically pulling a Sony just in a services sense. Um, like I think there was a time when things like consoles made more sense uh, to us because I remember installing video games on my PC and having to figure out, oh, I have to install my sound card. What's the IRQ of this thing? Ugh. I remember having to set up all those things. Like, huh? Like there'd be just these arcane things in the install screen. It wouldn't work. Like getting games to run was a tough proposition, let alone buying hardware that worked and maybe it was compatible with the games makes consoles very appealing that everything was like buy the cartridge plug the controller and it works yeah that's not like the that's not the reality of pc now everything is very plug and play and very it's very console like anyways mm-hmm. in many regards so it just seems to me there's less and less of a value proposition going one over the other and so i do cringe a little bit that there's going to be an arcade for apple i don't like it i 
I'm I like I, the iPhone product because I think the phone works really great, but I'm not interested in the gaming platform from them. So I mean, I'm going to try it. Whether I stick with it, it, I don't know. But I mean, as a as a Windows user, will I be able to install Apple, or do I have to have? Uh, well, have have an, uh, I mean, this stuff's not going to run on. It's specifically going to their game platform will run on smart TVs that have the Apple platform on it. They will run on Apple TVs, the actual plug into your TV, Apple TVs, mm-hmm. little black box. Okay. It will run on your iPad, it'll run on your iPhone, and it will run on that's it. That's it. They're not even that meant to crazy, they're not Why even meant to run on your Mac or anything. They're just supposed to be Why would they're... Xbox and PlayStation even give them their controllers then? Because that sounds like if I'm a parent, I'm not super into video games, but we're like, let's get an Apple TV like a box. I've I've bought those before. You get an Apple TV box. You can stream your Netflix and mm-hmm. movies through it. Sure. Now I have a console on it too. Kind of. I don't need to buy an Xbox for Junior. I'll, he can play Oceanhorn too on the Apple TV. <laughs> You're right. And like, by the way, I don't want to give too much smack to it. I played Oceanhorn one very skeptically. It's a really good Zelda knockoff. Like genuinely good game. So two looks really good. And it might be great, but that aside, you're right. It's weird, but it's not that weird. PCs have been able to take Xbox and PlayStation 4 controllers for a long time. And even though it's in Microsoft's best interest to have that be a growing concern for them because, hell, their operating system is running on the PC you're using. But in Sony's case, I mean, this isn't a thing you can lock out. It's it's freaking, for the most part, it's Bluetooth. So it's more about Apple saying, yeah, we'll just support, we'll go ahead and let those two signatures work with our bluetooth setup mm-hmm. must mean there's stuff in the works for later on with all this cloud gaming coming down the line yeah stadia really is the game changer all this stuff is moot and no one's going to care about it in five years if stadia really does take off that's so. tomorrow right they're a big conference i think it is oh is it i, I didn't so. know hold on let me look stadia e3 because e3 stuff starts this weekend and i think thursday maybe even oh, for them oh, interesting hey i heard something's going on while we're doing core oh what's that one of the, like is it the Sony or Xbox? Or oh, is like there that? a Sony thing tonight? Yeah, no, no, not tonight. Next week on. Oh, next week on Core. Uh, yeah, I heard that too. Sony, Sony's only doing a video event. They're not doing a stage event. Okay. Um, and they hadn't said anything about when they were doing it. They must have just announced that. See, this is the one. This is the coup about you about Nintendo doing Nintendo Direct. Sony now doing Video Direct stuff instead of a planned stage thing. They can pipe in with their thing and try to screw up everybody else. Like they're going to pipe in during somebody else's conference and, and have Sony there, which is going to be very hard for streamers not to want to tune to, to see what they're doing. Hmm. Um, okay. Let's see. Google reveals Stadia games price and launch details on June 6th. So that's to tomorrow. tomorrow. Uh, that's at 12 PM Eastern. So that's 10 AM here. I'll be doing, I'll be doing TMS at the time. But that's when we find out. We'll get the whole unveil tomorrow. We'll get what games are coming. We'll get how much it's going to cost and when it's going to get released. Or at least we think we're going to know all that. Um, They say that their fidelity at launch will be 60 frames per second, HDR with 4K resolution, and that it will eventually expand to 8K resolution with frame rates of up to 120 frames per second. I will believe that when I can see it. My internet will not freaking do that, dude. Of all the apps, uh, oh, wait, is that Stadia? Yeah, Stadia. Okay. I was going to say, the arcade app, none of the arcade apps look like high-fidelity games that they're pushing. Oh, that stuff, yeah. No, the the Apple Arcade stuff is a little different because you're not streaming those games. You're downloading them like you would normally. 
Like yeah, you're just, just getting what, kind of, what kind of hardware is on a little Apple box, you know, or an Apple TV? Like it's not the same as you'd find in a console. No, but they're, I mean, phone CPUs are getting to the point where it's, it's, they're getting close. Like mm-hmm. fidelity wise, you're not going to be, uh, you know what I compare it more, more closely to would be the switch. That's the kind of okay. fidelity you're sure. going to get out of your phones. You're not going to get a ray tracing quake too. No, no. On this. Cause there's no ray tracing. Not yet. So for your, your hardcore, you'll still want to go to PC gaming for the best in graphics, yeah. but this will serve a lot of, you forget, but a lot of people are not that fussy. Right. A lot. Most people are in this fun. It's, it's fine. It's like this headset I got from Oculus, the quest. It's my favorite VR experience I've ever had because it's portable and powerful enough. Is it as powerful as desktop? No, but I'm disconnected from it and I can go anywhere. Like, there, those are the concessions people will make. They'll make in favor of that over too many cables, higher cost, pain in the butt to set up. Like convenience beats that every time. It's like form over function. It's the same it's idea. Really, it's really like crazy. The the gaming industry, the trends could go in so many ways. I mean, VR is just on the cusp. We got people, all kinds of game stores coming out, all kinds of different console options. We got cloud gaming coming down the pipe. In five or ten years, one of these has to be normalized or over top of the other in a big way it's just i can't tell it's a weird time kind of fun but also a little freaky like part of me as a gamer is like guys what are we doing like what what are we doing next tell me now so i know what to expect like i don't want to change all my habits in a day but then i realize no this stuff will happen over time it's going to take a while even if stadia takes off that's not going to happen overnight you know it just felt like uh you know when virtual boy or is it virtual boy i can't remember virtual boy sure yeah. You're like, is this going to be a thing? And you're like, oh no, it's not a thing. It wasn't wasn't a success. Like you got to look at some of the stuff and be like, no, this is not the direction we're going to end up ultimately taking. But everybody's pushing something really strange and new right now. Yeah. In a way, that's exciting. In other ways, it's a little it takes you back because you realize we're on the cusp of a, maybe a shift. But uh, that's okay. I wonder what it's like to be a young person right now. Oh, they're probably the stoked, are. man. They're probably stoked. I mean, I would be. I, well, I know some that are like. Uh, you know what kids are into right now? I was talking to this 13-year-old the other day, and neighbor kid, and he is so into cassette tapes. That's all he wants. That's pretty cool. Cassette I tapes. I like cassette tapes. So, like, uh, also my nephew's really into him, and he's 12, I think. And last week we saw them, and uh, Nick or some – Nick, was it you that gave him? What? It's a couple of your cassette tapes, I think, to, oh. to Luke. Anyway, my nephew Luke – oh, it was Carter. That's what it was. Um, she has some cassettes cause she's sort of into them. And so she's, and the, so they're all fascinated with these like spinning wheels and tape and, you know, mechanicalness of the way music used to be consumed. So there's a lot of that weirdness going on. There's that funk that, uh, or go ahead. Well, I think there's a kind of magic to some of these artifacts like Nintendo and their cartridges were like holy relics. Yeah, that's true. Even now they're still kind of like, I know you don't need a giant piece of plastic to keep your video game code on, but they look cool. Like the old original Nintendo card and the Zelda ones were gold because yeah. what was on them was yeah. special. And they were magic. But if you broke one open, you'd see there's like a single little memory card chip in there that was soldered to the side of the plastic and that's all it was. I never broke one open, actually. I did by accident and then I get to see and it was kind of disappointing because you think the whole world's in there of computing and it's not. It's like this little... And I'm kind of glad I never got to open one when I was young because it just, it just felt magic and you blow yeah. on it to help make it run. You know, remember... <sighs> Mm-hmm. when yeah. it wouldn't run you'd, you'd blow on it and it, so i can see that about cassette tapes is basically what i'm saying is there's something magic about a cassette tape yeah that's even true cds don't have i find even when cds came out i was like uh cds cassettes are 
One, yeah. trust me, one day people think CDs are the greatest thing. It's just that, you know, like when I was a kid, my dad had this really ancient reel to reel tape recorder and it was oh, big, yeah. like a big one you'd see in the FBI office in a fifties movie or something. And it's just going huge tape to the other side. And you got a giant microphone recording everything fascinated me. I wanted to play with that thing all day, even though a part of me is like, dude, CDs are here. What are we doing? Why are you even messing with this? Well, there's something about that, right? Like this just old mechanical trinkety tinkety thing that you could just get in there and like poke at and make it work. And if it breaks, you just try it again. And you, if the tape breaks, you tape the tape together so it could still run and stuff like that. I had a Betamax video camera that I got. I inherited. Nice. Betamax was no longer a thing. Nice. <laughs> One Betamax VCR and then uh, the Betamax camera. Nice. That should have been the standard. It just didn't didn't get the 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 public support that VHS got. It had longer recording. It had better quality. They were smaller. Like straight up, that was a better format. And VHS came around the corner and peed all over it. It was sad. Hey, speaking of magic, Magic the Gathering is coming. Not to your uh, pocket from uh, buying a pack at the store. Not in video game form like that game you were playing uh, in Arena. Nope. It's uh, a Netflix series. And it's being worked on by the Avengers Endgame directors, the Russo brothers. Uh, That's the weirdest part about this. <laughs> it's so weird. Like I, I, I wanted, I wanted to extremely not dislike this, but just be like pass. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "Well, the Russos are doing it." Yeah, apparently they're huge fans of the card game. Like, have been playing it for the twenty-five years it's been a thing. They love it. Uh, well, team- definitely like the, the Russo's geek cred or like, you know, when, when they're working on something, not because it's a job, but because they like something, it's clear. Like they they've directed a lot of the community episodes. So like that pedigree alone, usually they're very much in touch with a lot of the stuff that they're directing. And right. I mean, they succeeded so well with the Avengers films and the Captain America films. Now, are you okay with this being animated? Because that's the other thing we've learned is it's animated. Sure. I yeah. don't know if anime is a buzzword or not. I don't know why it can't just be a cartoon or if it's intentionally like, you know, we is this Japanese style. Like anime is very specific, right? You right. can't, to me, you can't make, you can't go to like Germany and make anime. Right. It's from Japan. Right. Like, I don't know if that's <laughs> racist or not, but like <laughs> if there, if there isn't a perverted uncle, then it's not anime. Well, wait, do you, <laughs> I kind of agree, but do, what do you, what do you make of things like uh airbender and Korra and all that? Cause it's I obviously got anime, qual- you know, anime inspiration to it, but it's I not mean, made in Japan. It depends. Like transformer, the 1986 or 1984 transformers movie was made by Japanese animation studios. It's anime, mm. even though it's a U.S. property. And there are definitely animes of transformers that, were made in Japan for Japanese audiences never really made it over here. And I would call it that. I just think it's very much rooted in. What if, what if air, what if airbender airbender was animated in Korea? Does that change it? Is it now canime or like, what do we call it? I don't want to be a gatekeeper. So I'm not, I don't know the exact (laughs) definitions. I just know usually anime is like, there's a cultural shock when watching it. Cause it's not like what I associate with American or, you know european style cartoons and stuff yeah it's like the way that. i feel about japanese rpgs versus western rpgs there's I mean, like a, s- a certain level of yeah. quirk right like a, a certain level of weird or the, what i'm I just perceive saying like maybe weird. it will be an anime i'm just saying i'm i'm just like why an anime <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, so recently actually wizards did um they did some what they usually when they have these cards they'll do alternate art of the cards yeah 
and usually those are collector's items that are available when you buy a whole box you'll get an extra card and it'll be a different piece of art or if you attend a pre-release it'll be the same card but a different art and it's a canon not canon but it's like tournament legal and everything like that but it's just an alternate art and they did do a run of 10 planeswalkers in anime by anime artists and they look weird i'll bet okay they don't like the art style does not jive with what magic's known for which is that european gothic right kind of look in many cases it's weird and and so when they say anime i'm like are you gonna make it look like that or is it gonna be you know the gothic uh, medieval look that you're known for in animation form? well according to these guys this particular project is they're not saying. They've said animated, and that's all we know. We don't know if that means... Oh, they, no, I saw it. They said anime. Did they? Where'd they say <laughs> it? Anime is like, oh, I am Chatra. Oh, and I like, missed it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Like, when you watch this uns, uns, the subtitled version and the voice is like... <laughs> Wait, where did you see that, though? I don't see it in the article. I must have so missed I it. Yeah. I don't know. I read anime on the, the tweet that came out. Oh, maybe they were, maybe they did. I never saw that. But I, but yeah, okay. even on the article here, uh, blah 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 blah. This is about change with the news that Avengers Endgame director the Russos are adapting the fantasy card game into an anime series. Oh, for they Netflix. do say anime there. You're right. Okay. So I'm like, All right. I don't need to see an anime version of Magic the Gathering. I'd prefer it in the original art style, which but, is very cool too. But what if there is a dirty little old uncle? What if he's in there? That's fine. I just mean like I don't know that I want. I don't know that I want that. Yeah, my magic because magic already has an, a general identity with its art and it's european and gothic and yeah. i prefer that too like i said and like i don't want to see kill the kill version of all my anime characters or magic the gathering characters but that being said i don't know that i even want an anime of magic the gathering characters because right. yeah but what's the alternative the part of part of the reason <laughs> if if we're all being honest part of the reason anime works as a style for stuff that isn't even produced in Japan is because it's cost saving. There's less frames when they're doing dialogue stuff They're It's a little cheaper on the edges. So their fight scenes can be a little more lush or whatever. Like there's all these trade-offs being made and it works really well. In fact, I think it's the greatest contribution to animation is that they figured out a way to make really compelling, big, loud things happen with less. You don't, you didn't have to go full Disney to get ghost in the shell. You could make ghost in the shell, make it super rad and cut a few corners when it comes to just characters standing and talking or whatever. And where, whereas us thinking with animation, everything's always moving and flowing and, and you know, it's a, it's a huge cost saving. So maybe that's all they mean. Like I saw the, the, um, the, what was it? Um, the Castlevania thing on Netflix. It's probably something in that vein. Yeah, see, you know, unless I'm like, I watched the first two episodes. I didn't get into it. I stopped. Oh, I really like that. I'm surprised you didn't get it all the way through it. I yeah. like that a lot. It was a little too, I don't know, serious or just didn't grab me. Hmm. But but yeah, but I'm but like, that's what I'm imagining because anything less than that. Well, the guy that's doing this has worked on. Uh, where is he? Henry Gilroy. He's gonna he's gonna be writing the show. Uh, the Russos are acting as producers. Um, Gilroy worked on the animated Star Wars shows, The Clone Wars and Rebels. Those were 3D animated, so maybe this will be also. That's the other thing we haven't mentioned is it could be 3D. Um, yeah, Rebels, not a big fan of the art style. Uh, Rebels, eh, I, I came around on it. I was okay with it, but I, I know what you're saying. I'm not even I sure just, I like Clone, Clone Wars style either that much. I don't but. love Clone Wars, but I just, uh, you know, there's good stuff in there that got me hooked and I got watching the whole way through, and I rather enjoyed it. Yeah. But, um, 
I don't know. I think there was a combination of both in Clone War and Rebels. I don't think the story is very strong in Rebels. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I just just didn't. I watched it actually a few seasons, but I just at the end I'm like I don't really want to watch anymore. So I was like, eh. yeah. It's also co-written by Jose Molina. He his credits include The Tick and Agent Carter. The Tick, the TV show, not the movie or the uh, comic. Um, the big the big yeah. issue here for me, and I think they should still make this, but I sort of in this goes to the way that I enjoy certain properties, even like wow, where it's like um a blizzard products, like sometimes is there such a thing as just too much uh getting to know these things. Like I know a lot of the characters in Magic the Gathering from the cards yep. and their identity and behavior in them that I don't want to know more, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get it. You're happy because you're the, happy with less, where it leaves you. Sure. Yeah, the less you endow something with meaning, the more you can kind of approach it. And I'm mm-hmm. a little bit trepidatious about the story i mean that's why i don't read any of the world of warcraft books or anything like that i'm just i'd rather keep my experience in the experience that i want so but there's an audience for the extra stuff and it's not for me to say people shouldn't like it or they shouldn't make it just that i'm not do you think the core do you think the core story and characters that are already in magic are it's good enough as a start for for an expansive story like a series or is it is it all pretty? Oh, there's a ton of lore there. Like I, I think I'm aware on some level that they talk about there being a back. Every expansion now has a story. Mm-hmm. You'll never see. You only see hints of it from the cards and the little text, but you'll never get the whole story. But apparently, even in this new expansion, War of the Spark, Nicol Bolas has tricked all the planeswalkers to coming to Ravnica. Then he sealed the gates for them to travel from plane to plane, and he's going to kill them all. Whoa! And that's the story. He's going to kill all the planeswalkers because Nicol Bolas is the oldest planeswalker. He's a dragon. He's the smartest being in the universe. And the planeswalkers are thrown in the side, so he's going to kill them all. And planeswalkers are literally the heroes that they're going to make the show of Jace Berylin, Liliana, uh, Chandra, like all those characters that you know from Magic the Gathering. Like There's a story there, but I'm like, unplugged. Don't want to hear that. I just want to play the card game. It's very cool. The art's great. And if that lore informs the artists and the atmosphere, that's great too. But I just don't need to read the lore. Like I don't Hmm. it doesn't impact my enjoyment of the game on a conscious level. On a subconscious level, if they're using that to make the great stuff they're doing, I think that's great. I just personally I don't need need it to enjoy their product. But not everyone thinks like that. (laughs) Do you ever do you ever read like Star Wars books or anything like that? Has that ever been a thing? No, because I'm like, I, I'm just, I'm the opposite. There's there's certain types of, I think, folk who like to know more about the worlds that they, the fantasy worlds that they're a part of, right? Like, you want to know more about this thing. But I'm more on the vein of, like, the end of Inception, where, you know how in the end of Inception, you, you know, that top keeps spinning and then it answer whether it stops or not. So you can't tell if you're in the dream or not. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of left to you to decide. I appreciate that more. So usually the less things are explained, the more I'm like, oh, that's good. I like this. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, I, I have the opposite impulse, if that makes sense. No, so. I get it. I felt that yeah. way about lots of stuff. It feels, I don't know, not cheap, but it feels like if you're going to make a Halo book, you had to make a whole lot of stuff up about characters and stuff that are just kind of dumb in a video game. Like here I am shooting stuff and now suddenly there's a story. Like I never, that, that was usually my reason for avoiding that stuff. I've softened on that a bit over the years. I do read the World of Warcraft books or the Warcraft books. I think they're quite well done. But I'm never going to think of them in the same way that I do, you know, Joe Abercrombie books or even the Lord of the Rings books or um, that is a Song of Ice and Fire or any of that kind of like the big, you know, Sanderson novels and stuff. 
to me, those are, how, how do I put this? It's like a, it's like a TV show. Oh, I know what it's like. Remember Battleship, the movie? It was you based on the it. stupid <laughs> board game. Right. It came, I didn't either because same, more, even more of this reason, which is like, dude, it's a board game and there were no characters. There was anything. It was just your ships and you tried to kill each other and it was super random and, and lucky and blah, blah, blah. I guess it's fine as a game, but that's a terrible base for to then go make a thing. I got to go play 14 bucks to watch happen. Like it, that always just felt cheap and lame to me. So I'm a mix yeah. of both, I guess. Just depends on my yeah, mood. It's weird because there are exceptions. Um, Battlestar Galactica was a great show. I enjoyed watching and the board game is even better. And I think the enjoyment of the game is definitely heightened by the fact that you watch the show or else sure. the board game just kind of feels like whatever. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm a little, the fact that the Russos are in it or what's like, oh, okay. If they announced this without the Russos being in it, I'd be like hard pass. Yeah. <laughs> It's just I, you know, in, in Endgame, every spoilers. I spoil. I'm about to spoil Endgame. So if you're gonna, if you, you're sensitive to that or haven't watched it, please go away. Um, <laughs> at the end of Endgame, you know, there's a whole movie uh-huh. with Captain America doing his thing and going through time that they just they didn't even explain. Can you tell me about the woman? No, nah, I don't think I will. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. perfect. Like. You well, just, everyone knows who she never, is because she's it, Agent Carter. The, That's how they know because it's Agent Carter. They don't Kevin have to Feige know. could get launched into space and never to return, and the whole Marvel property could just go into. You'll never get another Marvel movie again. And mwah, the way they they didn't explain it, yeah, going to have you thinking about it, yeah, which is what's great about it. But you don't know, you think I mean, they explained it a little bit? She wasn't just some random lady. It was Agent Carter from I mean, all those yeah, years Yeah, they before. did. They showed it, but they didn't go into much detail. You know, it was Peggy, but like, sure. you know, it's it's. It's good that they just, they just, the less details, the more you're able to put more. I I agree. That's why I love Mad Max so much. Fury Road matters to me more, but not because. Perfect example. It it just leaves so much stuff to your imagination and so much world building on the periphery and doesn't have to pound it into your head and give you narration and dialogue to prove it all. It just is there. Why are they milking grown women for milk and why do they love milk so much? I don't know. We're not going to tell you because this movie, that's the biggest criticism of Fury Road, the most consistent one. It's just a car chase. And I'm like, yeah, because if there's no car chase, they'd have to explain everything. And who the hell wants that? Nobody does. <laughs> it's, like, it's a bunch of explaining. You see, in the post apocalypse, we don't have cows. We have, but we have women right, that we're going to get the nourishment and, 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 and they hoard them <laughs> because they're the guys in charge and they have all the power. But also, this is all stuff I just put in my own head. I didn't need them to spell it out for me. And I love that. Yeah. Like my favorite also, world building. Why is, is a mechanic, it, they're expert at child rearing and giving birth and cutting umbilical cords. Yeah. We're not explaining that either. Nope. But he's going to go ahead and tattoo your blood guy early, your blood bag man, who again, they don't explain why that's a thing to do is hang him on your car. So you get a good blood source the whole time you're out there uh, fighting people, but you still got de- deathly blood cancer the whole time. Like there's so many things like that. Oh, it's so brilliant. That's, dude. What, that's what makes it good because you imagine like, <laughs> that allows you as a viewer or person experiencing the thing to bring your own ideas to it. Yep. We, it happened in D and D this weekend, Scott. Yeah. There's a murder mystery going on. Varel, uh, having checked the foot tracks, there was three human foot tracks and one um, set of lizard folk foot tracks. And Kyle says, did Nash find some empathetic reason to free some imprisoned humans from Orp? And did he help them? <laughs> he came up with that himself. Yeah. Like usually it's my tax to come up and I'm like, man, that's a better storyline than I even thought it's of. Maybe good. I'll yeah. just steal it. And that's, you know what I mean? Like 
people we all have our uh, we all have a desire to help whatever art we're witnessing by inputting our own ideas so i just think the more you endow it with that's why this geek culture always like it cringe a little bit when it's like i have to know everything and everything has to be explained and everything has to make sense and i'm like actually the less it's explained the more we enjoy this there's a middle ground for this yeah. kind of stuff so that's why i'm like magic the gathering card game i don't need to know i know jace Marilyn usually makes me draw cards or discard cards he's a jerk that's mm -hmm. all I need. and he dresses in blue constantly that, that i'm good yeah <laughs> you know, I, I get yeah, it so that's I, why they can never make a pro if they ever tried to make a proper dungeons and dragons film i would be ambivalent or worried because how can you recreate that experience in a film like you're never the the stuff the best stuff happens in our heads it happens yeah. in in real time like you said with varel and his idea or with Bo and his wacky choices or whatever your dm decides to do that day and however your characters react like that's the magic of those games literally magic but magic is similar to that magic is about these stunning paintings by a myriad of artists and that that and oh we're getting a phone call should i take this yep oh my gosh i didn't expect a phone call so we're gonna take one hi who's this hello hello i'm calling in for this weird talk show am i on you are who's this what's your name oh my god my name is scurvy nuts lamont i'm in your channel right now streaming <laughs> live i'm just wondering what the fuck is going on here <laughs> I'm looking at this guy's beard here that looks like a baby bird fucking nested in there a little bit. All right, he's a troll, so he's out. Bye. Hey, if you want to call, 801-471-0462. Be happy to take your call. Uh, just don't be I didn't an know there was a bird in here. Can you see it? No, I don't see it. Is it just because you got such a furry face? Is that what you're saying? Hmm. Whatever, dude. Everybody in our, alone, man. Everyone in our chat room is uh, turned on. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, I don't know where I was. Oh, no, no, no. I just totally agree with you. I, I'm, I'm 100% with you on this. Let's see if this is the same person or not. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? That's him again. Bye. All right. I'm not doing that. Sorry. No calls today. No calls. Uh, all right. You guys have abused the system. You don't get to call in anymore. All right. Let's talk about Call of Duty. Uh, Modern Warfare got announced. It's got cross-play across platforms. That's kind of a big deal. So Xbox yeah. people and PlayStation people and I assume PC people maybe will all be playing together. I don't know. That's always a loaded gun, but that happens with Fortnite and a million other things. So maybe they're over that now. I don't know. And it no longer has a season pass. Uh, it also looks super gritty and is a return to the Modern Warfare days of uh, Modern Warfare Call of Duty 4, which had Captain Price and all that business in it. They say this is a hard reboot of that. So they are starting there again and pretty much starting over. And there's no zombies in this. Uh, Not yet. Well, it's almost... It's, hmm. It used to be every other, and it was the Infinity War games that didn't, and then the other ones did. I forgot the name of the other company. Uh, Infinity Ward and whoever just did four. Um, Treyarch. Treyarch, thank Treyarch? you. Treyarch did the zombies, yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, they, uh, sorry, the zombies will not be included in this. Uh, they do say that there will be c continuity and consistency across all of its modes, which means character progression will carry over between them and guns will feel the same in multiplayer as in single player. Beyond that, the changes that are coming could be good news for fans who pick up the game when it releases October 25th, specifically those who don't want to pay for new maps, but do want to play with those on different platforms. So, uh, anyway, that's a thing. Crossplay will be available for PC to PS4 to Xbox One. 
Uh, you can be anywhere, anytime on any of those platforms and play each other. The other bit of news that's interesting is, uh, oh, they talk about no season pass, which I already mentioned, and they will have free uh, maps and events instead down the road that will be free to all players. Uh, seems like they are making a shift to a more, I don't know, a friendlier approach to the post-game launch stuff. Anyway, I watched the trailer for this, and I think it looks pretty good. And I know we get a Call of Duty every year, and every year I get a little stoked, and then I kind of like a thing about it, and then I kind of forget about it. But this is definitely, like, harder and uh, darker. The campaign is back, of course, which is why I play these games. I know a lot of people just play them to shoot each other, but no, it's, that's not me. I, I like the stories. Have any interest in this? You want to fight some terrorists? So what do you want to do? So is this... Uh... This is not a numbered release. Is it, are they doing a new model with this, which is just like um, an online game that sees constant updates, or is it still an installment game? I mean, something to that effect. It's basically, you know, I don't know that it'll be. In, I don't think it's going to be like Destiny. Well, I guess it could be. Now that you say that, where it lasts. For I mean, a long it just time, seems but... overdue. Like it seemed, Call of Duty in my mind was the only game getting away with having a new version every year and you know also nurturing esports in that way right like right. no other esports games kind of they're all free to play they're all always online if they're not free to play they're like overwatch you buy it once and you got it forever kind of thing mm-hmm. well this one they literally are calling a reboot of modern warfare so i would assume that that's a focus on story and character first and mm-hmm. then go deeper after that into what modes are there, what multiplayer is available, that sort of thing. I think it looks really nice. The engine's been hugely overhauled. Um, that's probably good because the game was starting to look a little, a little long in the tooth in terms of, you know, the visuals of Call of Duty haven't changed much in the last five years. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know why, but it interests me uh, for the first time in a while. <laughs> They get to bring that awesome character back with the beard that they're showing here. I forget his name. Uh, Captain Price. He's amazing. Price is incredible. Yeah. yeah. No, he was great. And he had that dumb mustache, huge beard, just a total badass. Uh, they hint that others may be coming, so maybe we'll get Soap. I remember him. I remember um, Ghost. You remember Ghost? He was a guy. No, I don't remember He Ghost. wore a mask with like a skeleton skeleton uh, paint on it. I think I played Modern it. Warfare 1. Yeah. For, that's about it. Uh, uh, those guys were in that. And then they were in okay. two. Some of them died, though. Uh, so, yeah. I'm into it. Bring it on, guys. Let's see if how you do. If free to play, I'll definitely give it a shot. Now, let's talk about the elephant in the room, literally. A giant guy in a coat and a hat named Mr. X. Um, <laughs> so Did you play any more of Resident Evil 2? The last I saw were you getting chased around a desk. The answer... <laughs> <laughs> by the way getting chased around a desk is like something you know when you're in a fight with your spouse that happens and they're, just, they're like you did what they're trying to nail you with something <laughs> which is what's happening i mean he scares people. the crap out of me like literally i've never been i've been scared by games before including my playthrough of re7 uh the outlast 2 playthrough i did all that scared the crap out of me no doubt but nothing has scared me like mr x scares me and it's happening in an old game that's just had a graphical update so that you're more immersed in it. And most of the game so far hasn't really freaked me out. It's been fine until Mr. X came along. And now I'm, I can barely pick it up. Like, I'm supposed to play tomorrow. I plan on it. But if I come up with a great excuse, I may not. I don't know. Because it scares the shit out of me. He's so freaking scary. 
And to know that he's anywhere, anytime. He could be in any room, and I'm walking down the hall, and all of a sudden I hear thump, 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 and I got to run. F that, dude. Oh, it really. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if this is the kind of thing that you want to do. Like, I realize it makes for great like audio clips, and people love it, but I genuinely feel it's harmful to you. <laughs> like I watch those videos, and I'm like, oh, my God. Why do people ask? Like I see you scream that way, and I'm like, I'll never ask him to play a horror game. Like, look at that. It, it doesn't. Doesn't look like you're having fun. I guess John loves this. He thinks it's hilarious. I mean, everyone loves everyone because you know it's an extreme reaction and it's endearing. Uh, you know, and you can you can be thankful that you know you're not your best self when you're in that scared mode. And so it's good to know. It's reassuring to know that nothing horrible comes out as a result, right? Yeah, I mean, um, but when you but, see this guy with his giant leather coat on and his dumb hat coming out of a dark, horrible corner with modern shadow casting graphics. Like I mean, a, I've seen, I've played the original Resident Evil 2 yeah. uh, on, you know, both. I've got the full experience. So I know what Mr. X is all about. Yeah. And like, I'll even say, personally, I'm like, yeah, I don't need to play this game again. I played it plenty when it was pixelated. So I don't know. I, I just, I can't. I, I mean, I, 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 my promise was to play it because somebody donated it. And so I'm committed to doing it. I will finish this game. But I didn't expect him to be such a freak. I'm this close to just installing the Thomas the Tank Engine mod or something. <laughs> I think that'll make it worse, though. Oh, shit. Because then every time Thomas comes on, you'll be like, no, no, he's going to get me. And it, like, it's just on the TV. Why are you freaking out, Scott? Here's the, the clip. Let's see if there's audio from me running around the desk from Mr. X. Uh, they have it saved in the chat. Let's see here. here Brace your ears, listeners. Oh, he can come in here. Shit. Ow. <laughs> He starts walking around the desk. Oh my gosh. I try to shoot him. No. I realize it does nothing. No. No. I can't do him, guys. I can't do him. Oh! Coming too fast, you weird dude. You're coming too fast. So it sounds then... like goofy sometimes when you do that. <laughs> I don't mean I to. Gotta... I don't mean you to. channel your goofy there. I don't mean to, but it's just this. Great. It's oh, just no. this thing that is so terrifying to me, and it's not supposed to be. He's supposed to just be an inconvenience. He's supposed to be just a pain, but he's not. He's a. I mean, he is, but he's just a big he's unstoppable a dude. Oh, I don't yeah. like it. And he does nothing but just body slam you. Like if I do, okay. So there's a sexy Mister X mod. Uh, there's also a Doctor Manhattan mod where he's just all blue. Um, maybe I'll do that. I don't know, dude. I don't know what to do. I just still think you'd be scary no matter what you put him as. Cause it's this thing that's going to come at you and kill you. Yeah, no, he's awful. And like then you when, can't interact with it in any way, right? Like no. there's nothing that's going to get him. No. I mean, I can go hide. Uh, oh no. Somebody did tell me, uh, I heard during the week that if I shoot him a bunch of times, I can bring him to his knees, which effectively stuns him. So I can create a stun. But it, it's only yeah, temporary, you and you waste still have to run. so much of your resources. Yeah, doing. So John says, John says, we'll just keep running to the safe rooms, and the safe rooms being rooms with typewriters in them. The problem is that's horseshit because that room I'm running around the table in has a typewriter sitting on the table, and that's a safe spot. You're supposed to be safe there. Oh, I hate him. Just looking at this I think video, it's got to be a sick. closed room, not an open area. Yeah, and you got to understand, I only play scary games because you guys. Ask me and to. if I'm if I'm being honest, it's like I, I I hear how you're playing the game, yeah. 
you're a very thoughtful, rational human being as you progress through the game, yeah. planning, strategizing, and then when Mr. X comes, not so rational. No. So the idea, like this is definitely like, identifying whether something's a save room or not is kind of not something you can do in that moment. <laughs> yeah, no, he is just he is just a nightmare, and I didn't expect him to be quite as. I knew he was coming, and he kept everyone kept saying, "Oh, you're really close to getting Mr. X." And I'm like, "Oh, no, I haven't seen him yet." And time would pass. I'm like, "Okay, cool. I've dealt with those ceiling walker guys. They piss me off, but they don't scare scare me. This fills me with like adrenaline dread, and it makes me feel like I just need to get up from this chair and run. Like right now, the fact this is the truth. I'm just looking at a clip of me screaming, of him chasing me around the desk. I am now." acutely aware of just how dark my studio is except for the lights that are on facing right at me how dark it is over there how that door right there is open and that it's pitch black in that room like these are imagine imagine a man walk through it making eye contact with you never breaking eye contact and just walking towards yeah like this it's prime mr x uh, if that happens to you on the road when you're like in the urban areas downtown someone makes eye contact with you and just starts walking you're freaking out I got uh, hair on the back of my neck right now. My hair is going like going up. Isn't that bad? I don't think you guys should encourage him to play more scary games. <laughs> I was worried about my heart health, probably. There's so many games in the world. Yeah. Well, I just eh, I worry about you. You know, and I just <laughs> it doesn't sound like you're having a good time. I mean, I know? I was until he showed up, like straight yeah. up. I was having a fine time, but then he showed but up. The less you're having of a good time, the more everyone else is having of a good time. Yeah. This is, this is all true. All right, well, let's talk about what we've been playing. Oh, there's video of John being scared. Let's hear that real quick. Okay, so here's John being scared by Mr. X, I guess. I hear stomping. He already got here. No, he didn't. See? Did not. Even John knows. Where is he? Where is he? Oh, this scares me just watching him. Oh, that's not the way out! <laughs> right there. <laughs> no! You're awful! Okay, but that's nothing, John. You're just like, <laughs> look at the guy. He's a oh, funny my guy. Heart. It's fluttering. Because oh. John's not a chicken shit like I am. All right. That doesn't matter. Let's talk about what we're playing. I've been playing more. I played that, but that hasn't. I haven't touched that since last week. So I'll probably play it tomorrow. Um, Elder Scrolls Online and the Elsewhere expansion. I've been playing that. I've been making uh, progress with my Necromancer. He's rad. And I like him a lot. I like his abilities. His kit's really fun. Progression of that game's fun. I like ESO quite a bit. It's my favorite second MMO. If I'm not playing WoW, I'm playing that. And uh, I really like it. I think it's good. Uh, More to see there. But it's also kind of the perfect uh, zone for me, this whole expansion space, because... Not only are there dragons to kill and cool stuff, but it's also very deserty and very much my vibe. Um, and necromancers are always my favorite thing to do, no matter what game lets me be them. So uh, I'm sort of into it. Uh, and then I've been Excellent. still playing Assassin's Creed or uh, Odyssey. Been streaming that, and we'll do more of that. In fact, last, last week instead of playing RE2, I played Assassin's Creed because nothing's scary in that game. Uh, and then Steam World Quest, more of that. Uh, the hand of Gilgamesh or Gilgamesh is the uh, full name of that game. It's great. It's awesome. Uh, I can't say enough How about it. How involving is the card mechanics in that game? Because I did wish list it. I did look at it. Yeah. I don't think I picked it up yet because I wasn't. I think the I card wasn't 100% mechanics. I'm not sure how like 
you know how combo-y, like, mm-hmm. and, and down to brass tacks it is in Slay the Spire mm-hmm. when it comes to building your deck. I wasn't, sh- it, it didn't really communicate that effectively if, if cards were just spells or if there were some deep, like, interactive mechanics that made deck building compelling. Well, they're game. definitely interactive mechanics. There's all sorts of stuff like, uh, I forget the, I forget the name of the card, but your main knight guy can cast this thing on himself that gives him, you know, plus two to damage for the next three turns or whatever. And then he can do a shout that will knock, uh, will intimidate the, the, whoever you're fighting and they'll lose two um, ticks of power for the next however many rounds. So you can really maximize your damage during those fights. And then at the same time, if you, if you use one of his third ability, excuse me, third ability of just the knight's abilities, you get a bonus fourth that's kind of random, but you 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 get ben- you get rewarded for chaining together character abilities. You can't always do that because there's not enough of them in your deck. It's all very random in that way. But if you have three abilities from any of the three characters that you're rolling with, you can um, get huge bonuses out of that. But also there's value in combining their abilities. So he does the shout, the mage lady does the hit. Uh, the healer guy heals one of your own and boom, you're done with your turn and you wait for the other guy to do your thing. Like there's a lot of, a lot of interesting mechanics there that are even more than slay the spire more, I think more deep and strategic because you're dealing with three characters with three very different ability sets. Whereas um, slay the spire is just you, some trinkets and a, and a deck. It's good, but it's, you know, I would say that this is very similar to that, but then you add two more characters and it really beefs things up. I think it's really cool, but I don't think I, as I say this to you, I don't think I'm the expert because I think I prefer my card games. I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> if only I had a button for that. Gesundheit. Uh, I, uh, I, I'm not like a pro at these kinds of games, but I know, I know I'm having a lot more fun here than I am, say, with that Hearthstone expansion or just hmm. competitive CCGs. Like that kind of stuff is not interesting to me. And this at least has... This cool story. It's got some really interesting mechanics. I think the card stuff's really smart. How you build up power to use special cards is really fun. Every fight feels fun and engaging. It's just a neat little game. Those guys haven't made a bad game yet, and this feels like another game that's not that's not bad. It definitely looks compelling. I think I might pick it up at some point. Yeah. I've uh, did pick up Thronebreaker, so I guess that was where I ended up spending my money on. So have you already played? Have you tried it yet? No. <laughs> okay, so this is that Witcher Thronebreaker uh, thing where you play uh, the, the, yeah. the combat. I, I remember I was looking at this and I was looking at Throne. Uh, I keep wanting to say Thornbreaker, but it's Thronebreaker. Thronebreaker. Yep. Uh, good old games was having a big sale, and I decided to pick it up on Good Old Games. Oh, gog. dot com. Eh? Yeah. Well, they own the IP, so why not get it from them? I guess. But so, but I, it was between this and that one that I was picking between the two, and it just kind of won out because i was just more curious about Thronebreaker than yeah. steam world for now but i did wishlist steam world so um nice I, I am i am curious like your recommendation means a lot in this regard and so i i was just curious about how the the cards how integral they really were to the game because you know some games they have cards but it's just they don't do much with it so it's just curious they definitely do with this like it's your main mechanic is the card so they've, they've done a lot with it um and I played it both ways with a controller and with a with a keyboard and mouse, and I think I'm pretty even on what I prefer. I think they're both great input methods. Uh, surprisingly, the, the controller works better than you thought, but if you're like a keyboard and mouse man, piece of cake, no problem. Um, tell me about... Oh, see, I played Thronebreaker, but you haven't yet. When you do, you got to tell us what you think, because that thing's cool. 
Uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Witcher 3 is still a game that I have like to get back to, um, which that might happen before I get to Thronebreaker. I really just bought it because it was on sale. Yeah. And I kind of, I kind of wanted a reason to buy some of good old games. I actually really like good old games, but I don't find them often. It's really my number one destination for abandonware, right? Whenever I want to spend a couple bucks, yeah, I, uh, on something old, I'll go there and just buy it. Um, I did buy Diablo one, and I did log into it for a brief second, and I went, "Whoa!" Oh my gosh, yeah. And I was like, I need another day. <laughs> I logged out of it. <laughs> I didn't really play it. <laughs> I picked the wizard, and I got into town. And I went. Whoa, Whoa. <laughs> a little worse than I remembered. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I, I don't know if I can play this right now. I'll maybe, but I found out today that the expansion pack is being released for free if you bought it. So, um, I don't know what the point of that was. Just that I got back into good old games and was checking out the library and stuff like that. And Thornbreaker, I, yeah, was on sale and it was just already cheaper than on Steam. I think it was on sale on Steam too, but it was like twenty bucks more on Steam. I was like. Oh, I don't want to give my money to Valve. Mm, let's get on the games, right? Yeah. Direct to the company. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't want to get spoiled on stuff because I still haven't finished Witcher 3. I have no idea how far I am into it, other than I haven't done any Blood and Wine or the other expansion. I'm just in Skellige, so Oh my gosh, you're about where I am. I basically kind of hit it and quit it. I um uh I banged Jennifer and stopped playing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I- I was like, "Sweet, I won the game." Anyways, let's move on. You've got your. Uh, you had a goal. You reached the goal. It, it wasn't my goal, but I was like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> I stopped playing. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I, I, uh, I hit it and quit it, but uh, I got to get back to it. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, you'll, uh, Thronebreaker. What impressed me with it was the, um, the story and the VO in that is, t- like, maybe the best I've ever heard in a video game. It's really impressive. Um, I, Witcher Three is anything to judge by. That, that game le- definitely left an impression on me. Oh yeah, I, I should be playing it. I'm stupid for not playing it. Honestly, if anything, this this story and, and characterization comes off better in Thronebreaker because in a, a fully 3D game like The Witcher Three, you get a lot of weird faces and robotic looking moves, and you're like, whoa, that was that was uncanny. It's good enough for the most part, but once in a while, a character will be just like trying to make an expression. It comes off stupid. Thronebreaker has doesn't have any of that because it's mostly Avatar speaking. It's not really a um, you know you're not walking around in a 3D space unless you're on the game world. And mm-hmm. for some reason that just really lets you focus on the VO work. It's incredible. The acting in that is crazy good. So you have to let me know. Yeah, what you think I'm of excited it. to start playing it. So the only problem is it's in good old games, so I might forget I own it because I don't <laughs> turn on good old games that often. <laughs> well, it's back to your point about where did I? What store is this game in? Where did I buy this? I, I would right. rather have it all in one right. place. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. Uh, th- uh, Surviving Mars, you cracked that open again. They had an expansion. Uh, so I bought the expansion a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, when it first launched, I insta bought it because Surviving Mars is probably, I mean, I don't get through a lot of games in a year, so it's hard to say game of the year for 2018, but mm. like probably the best release I played in 2018. Mm. Like my favorite because it's SimCity, kind of. But it's on Mars, and so it's per- it, it, it's well executed, well done. It has a, it doesn't feel like a AAA title if mm. that makes any sense. Mm. Like something it feels a little that middle ground between indie and AAA. I mean, what is that lack of oh lack of polish when you say yeah, jank? It's or? not even hard to say. Just I guess so. Lack of polish, mm. like just the the you know when the menu screen looks a little simple, like the little touches are not there. Like there's a simplicity, and it's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's just. 
you know, you're like, well, this was, this isn't a triple A game, but it's definitely not made by, you know, two people in a basement. Right. Um, but overall, it's really good. And I've started to crack into it. Like I started it today, actually. And I haven't even done any of the expansion stuff yet, but there's a lot of new stuff. There's competing colonies that you can trade with or steal tech from on Mars. Uh, just tons of new mechanics in the game. And I can already feel the addictiveness encroaching. I'm building power lines, sending my drones out. You can flatten. You can actually... So if Mars is, has an uneven terrain. There are mountains, there are raised surfaces. You can now deploy your drones to flatten out surfaces, which is great because sometimes your domes just don't fit like in the spaces where the crappy landscape of Mars won't let you fit things in. So you can now mold uh, the landscape with your drones, which is already really cool. I recommend it if you want a good city builder that's like very, it's not tense, you know, like there's no, it's the opposite of Resident Evil 2. Yeah. Like zero, you'll have zero screaming. There's no Mr. X on Mars. Not yet no. anyway. And there are there are events, but you can desert, you can turn disasters off if you really don't want to do it. Sweet. But also there there are gameplay mechanics that let you get around it. Like so meteor strikes are a thing. Yeah. But if you get uh meteor lasers, uh that you know, you can protect <laughs> your buildings with the lasers and they shoot the meteors at the sky. So like everything that's a natural disaster eventually has a way for you to overcome it because it's the whole idea is overcoming the harshness of Mars. So I leave them in and just deal with it. It's pretty fun. Is it bad that I turn those off every game? Like all of those games immediately. My no, first because thing. in like games like SimCity, like it's like a SimCity nowadays. We don't have a solution for t- tornadoes. So tornadoes just mess you up. But in a science fiction game, they can, you know, you can invent solutions for the disasters. So I'm telling you in surviving Mars, Anything that's a disaster is overcomable. Mm. So I keep them on because I f- it's part of the challenge of the game. And if stuff gets wrecked, your drones will rebuild it. That's no big deal. Mm. Uh, so, so it's, it's, not, so, it's not that punishing. It's not so devastating. You lose half your map and like, what did I even do this for? My old I haven't found any ago. situations where it's even actually been that punishing, to be honest with you. Because yeah. as long as you have the materials, which you should, yeah. it'll be rebuilt by your drones. Like This is science fiction. The drones are pretty... Like As soon as something's broke... The ghost of it's there, so the drones know to just go and fix it. They, you don't have to. Like when stuff breaks in SimCity, you've got to manually salvage it mm-hmm. and then rebuild it and you know rejigger it. In this one, your drones, you I think you still have to salvage the broken stuff, but your drones will fix everything up mm. for you. So it's it's a lot better. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Uh, eat a lot of potatoes, and, says Revendon. I guess. And a lot of the natural disasters are not. A lot of things that go wrong on Mars are not like the natural disasters, but like dust. Yeah. So if you two buildings are too close together, it'll create a lot of dust and dust will get on your equipment and it costs maintenance to clean the dust. This sounds like the most boring thing, but it's the <laughs> awesomest part. Your stuff will get all this dust. You're like, why is there so much dust? I'm like, oh, I've got a cement extractor next to my solar panels and it's getting them super dirty. I better move my solar panels because it's expensive to clean. And I just love the idea that I have to worry about making sure to keep Mars dust off my stuff. It's great. Well, my uh, I don't know if you knew this, but when I was in when I was working as a porn actor in the 90s, my name was uh, Sandy Equipment. And uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was a good time for a while. While it lasted, you know, I aged out of it. San- and... Sandy Equipment could be a guy or a girl's name. Oh, or totally. Girl yeah. porn star or guy porn star. Yeah, it didn't matter. I could have gone either way. <laughs> OK, you're both. If you're both. Yes, exactly. Um, all right. Well, that all sounds good. And, and yeah, I guess you're still poking your head in Bath of Exile. Still got your claws. Yeah. I'm to level in. 70 now in the last act. Things are getting hard. 
Yeah. Not much to say. Everyone knows the Diablo loop. I've talked a lot about it. I think I might quit the game because it's eating up too much of my time. It's pretty, you know. Yeah. Addictive I think you're waiting for that next giant Diablo 4 killing expansion. That's you... not till 2020. So oh. now would be a good time to quit and come back for the big expansion. <laughs> I wonder, I mean, at this stage, it, it, let's say Diablo 4 does get announced at BlizzCon this year or sometime down in the fall. It'd be interesting if these guys just beat them to the to market like how do you even know what you're fighting against until you know what diablo 4 even is i think even if they announce it the diablo game is probably some a ways out unless they do the new blizzard thing of like announcing it and launching it quickly like they do with some of their other properties these days yeah um i have to imagine it'll be a ways out before that thing sees release for new diablo so i'm pretty sure we get this path of exile mega expansion before diablo 4 yeah i uh i agree 100 percent um all right, let's move on to calls. I, or actually, I don't have any calls today, but I do have this email from Tight. <laughs> his name is Tight Scrote Walker. <laughs> tight Scrote? Yeah, Tight Scrote Walker. Uh, Mr. Tight Scrote Walker, actually. Uh, his yeah. subject is, uh, I was thought it was kind of a, maybe we're getting trolled, but he says, the future of MOBAs is his, is his uh, subject. And he says, hey, gang, huge fan of your podcast. I started listening when I was in a hots back in October during a break from League of Legends. As you guys were uh, once a HOTS podcast that ventured into all things gaming, and I love that. My question is about the future of MOBAs in general. Where do you see this genre in five to ten years? Why are only a couple of big players in the field? Uh, so do you think more will pop up uh, or the main three will continue to reign supreme? Will MOBAs fizzle out and die? Thanks, yours truly, tight scrote walker. Um, <laughs> I, uh, that's a... What's a tight scrote? I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to know. And why would you walk on it is the other thing. But uh, outside of your name, um, I don't know, actually. This is a really great question because I think we've definitely maybe peaked with the MOBAs. Like, we're not in a growth spurt. The the, the best thing I read about it was something um, Ghostcrawler, Greg Ghostcrawler Street, the guy who's on a yeah. yacht. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he, he has an AMA, and he answered on one of his tumblr ama answery things whatever that thing is um uh he expounded on this i don't even know if it's a theory but that mobas are our current generation's doorway to rts and the fact is that you know uh, rts like starcraft you don't there's not a lot of games out there like that because it's a very niche market it demands a lot of game knowledge a lot of ability that the average person can't fully take advantage of even though they might enjoy playing it a little bit it's not very accessible to the wider player base and the fact that MOBAs were created in an RTS game as a a mod and eventually became its own genre basically is just an evolution of the RTS genre that is more accessible to everyone because all you have to do is manage your own unit Mm. and that the idea behind the map strategy involves other players but mechanically speaking, it's a lot easier for anyone to wrap their head around controlling one unit with a limited set of abilities on their buttons. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that that right there makes me think, well, we're always going to have RTS as a genre. Yeah. So I think MOBAs are going to be around for a long time because I think if I think that genie can't be put back into the bottle. Mm. Right. We're not going to if all the MOBAs disappear, everyone's just going to be like, well, let's just make old RTSs again. I think people. I think there's, I think there's something to the top-down playing field that is, that is just universally great for viewership. Yeah. Um, 
But do you think it's always these three MOBAs, these two or three MOBAs? Sure. I mean, so <laughs> how many people tried to dethrone World of Warcraft? It's still around with numbers that would make any comp- company envious. Yeah, the same thing happened with MOBAs. Like there was that DC MOBA. There was that other Le- or, sure. um, uh, uh, Lord of the Rings MOBA that was supposed to be all that, that and a bag of chips. And that went poopy. Like Smite, you could argue, thought they were going to maybe do something different. And they're still around, but but there was all these attempts, and I don't see those attempts anymore. Like that's all slowed down, just like those World of Warcraft attempts kind of slowed down. It's it's hard to peel away to something that's become the name in a particular genre. You have World of Warcraft for MMOs. I'm pretty sure they're still beating everyone out there, uh, even though I guess they don't publish those numbers anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, League of Legends still probably beating everyone out there right now. Dota 2 is hanging in strong as well. Uh, in my mind, they're lesser of the two. I've played Dota 2. I think it's junky, but wow. it's popular. And if you like it, that's great. Hardcore. I just mean, I think the game client itself is junk. I just didn't like it. But again, biased because I played League before I played that one. Right, and right. I played Heroes, which is, runs way better than Dota 2. Mm-hmm. Um, in the other big genre, Battle Royale, we've seen that exact thing happen Fortnite comes along and to its credit gets lucky, does everything right, capitalizes it and is staying the course a- eating Apex's lunch right now. Apex mm-hmm. was like <laughs> even we were like wow, finally some a real game that isn't Fortnite that seems cool and right now is having its lunch eaten by Fortnite. And so Fortnite's going to be the incumbent here too. So I think MOBAs are going to be a genre I guess that people are going to want to play. Whether or not there's room for somebody new is 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 the open question though. Like if there's ever room for someone new, I don't know. It doesn't feel like it. I mean, it's hard to know when when does World of Warcraft finally lose its luster for too many people and finally sinks below. Does it ever do that? Do do the is it to the point where all the players who are in it just get old and die and it doesn't have new blood anymore? I mean, they're not even to the point where the other major competing MMOs that are successful by various metrics, like ESO, uh, Final Fantasy XIV. I mean, they look way better than World of Warcraft. Of course they do. In a lot of ways, their systems are more well thought. Like, they've they've gone further in a lot of ways. It's not that. It's just that I think combined, they don't have, they all don't have the same numbers WoW has, even in its old-ass state. No. Um, So, yeah, like, that tale is long, but at some point, it's... It's not eternity. There's no way that thing lasts forever. I mean, that's where I'm always thinking. I'm like, what's next for Blizzard after World of Warcraft? They can't just be like, that's the game we have. Like, there's going to be a World of Warcraft 2 at some point. Yeah. I just don't know when that makes sense for them. But, you know, like I said, is when the population of the average median or mean of players age, they finally die and it depopulates through death. And, you know, they have to make a new one to entice new audiences. Yeah. Or they're just inspired. Like a lot of games too, is are you just driven to make it? Like it could be that at Blizzard, no one wants to make another MMO. Mm-hmm. Like just collectively, it's just no one has that passion or drive to do it anymore. It's very so, real so, possible. Yeah. But anyways, they're the incumbent, and and there's a, still a desire for that game genre. People who are playing this game are still alive. Yeah. <laughs> also, there are there are uh, another tier of MOBAs that do great on mobile that we don't ever talk about because we yeah they're kind of numerous, but. There's even a, an Avengers-based MOBA coming out for mobile that will probably succeed wildly. Um, there's a couple of Chinese-based MOBAs that are hugely popular. One of them is owned. I've talked about it on the show before, and I forgot the name of it. Whatever it is. But it's owned by um, it's owned by Tencent slash Riot. So it's basically League Mobile. 
and that's a whole nother tier. So, so there's maybe room there, um, for more to happen in different ways and stuff. But I think if you're just talking like competitive PC MOBAs, it's probably going to be league Dota and to some weird extent heroes. And they just sort of chill there. They're the, they're the ones that stay. Um, We've yeah, seen a lot of people come and try and innovate on the formula and not and fail. Yeah. Like not fail, just not reach the the heights that, you know, League and Dota have. So they're the they're the evergreen, they're the darlings. Whether you like their mechanics or not, that's what they have a large population sustaining them, supporting them, and wanting them to be a thing. So they'll be around for a long time. Um, you know, people again, the sports analogy works. People just don't get into basketball and stop playing it if you really love basketball you kind of end up liking basketball for all your life and you know or being a tennis player even if you just get out and play once every two weeks i see there's tennis courts near my place there are people there every afternoon playing tennis you know they Mm -hmm. don't tennis doesn't fall out of fashion i think we have a branch of gaming where these games just don't fall out of fashion and 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 they're in their genre defining so i think you're fine playing a moba i think i personally i think that top-down view as in for esports viewing, whether it's StarCraft or either of these MOBAs, makes it very watchable and very enticing. Where I have a hard time watching competitive Overwatch. It's just a I thought maybe they'd do that with Overwatch and they didn't. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of it, but it's not enough. I agree. It's too crazy. FPS I think FPS gaming needs to build into it a way to be able to watch it top down that isn't like wibbly wobbly. It's already hard for less some people complain even that league and, and MOBAs have too much lights and stuff going on for you to be able to see, even mm-hmm. though it's interesting. Mm-hmm. So FPS is way worse on that front. Oh, yeah. And so we need a way to make these things viewable for esports. And I Overwatch think that, didn't end up doing it. I, I think, think that's why I like Rocket League esports so much. I love watching that. It's my favorite esport to watch when it's on. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because it's just, it's cars and this ball. And there's two goals. And you get it in or you don't. And then the other team yeah. gets it, the ball and the cameras can be right behind the guy who has the ball and switch very easily to the guy who does and then do lots of overheads like it's because it's sports like already right and, and you're you're not missing anything because oh look his tires are green and that means he gets plus two to brake acceleration or some whatever you know like right you also don't have those weird things going on which also makes it very accessible um actually that's why fighting games are watchable i usually if there's something on youtube that's like watch these two great guys play fighting game i'll watch it because it's usually only a five minute video Right. Plus, it's and it's these exciting. guys. I watched plane. I watched an excited little... one. Yeah. One guy. Can't, it was a Mortal Kombat 11 game. It was something recent. So I guess they had. They had. Um, I don't know what their tournaments are called. It was a big one, Evo or something like that. And like one guy, uh, one guy countered another guy, and that guy countered the other thing, and then dodged. And it was very readable, but very quick. And I was like, "Oh, these guys are amazing. This is this is awesome to watch." Even if I never played Mortal Kombat, I'm like, "It look. It's very visually easy to read." And so I think MOBAs will be around for a while because on the whole, even though there's a lot of nuanced stuff in there, they're still pretty visually easy to watch. I think I agree. Thanks for your email. That came to us again from tight scrote Walker. And uh, <laughs> you could be like him. <laughs> Go to the website, frogbats.com slash core is the little contact link. You hit that and you can contact us and we would love to hear from you. Uh, I think that's going to do it for the show. You can also leave us voicemails, 801-471-0462. You hear that trolley uh, Twitch guy that called in earlier? You can just leave us a voicemail, and then I can just proper ignore it. Uh, but everybody else, we'd love to hear from you and play it on the show. So uh, send us your emails, your voicemails, rather, 801-471-0462. You can find us on Twitter at CorePod. 
Uh, John's not here, but you can still follow him on Twitter. He'll be back next week, by the way. John underscore Jagger. You'll find Bo at Bo Schwartz. I'm at Scott Johnson. And you can find the rest of the show's stuff over at frogpants.com slash core. Now, one really important note. Uh, this show is uh, brought to you by you, you guys at home who like what we do. You like our content. So you throw us a little bit of change over at patreon.com slash core show. Yep, that's right. Patreon.com slash core show. Do you want your own physical Dear Martha letter sent to you in the mail, handwritten by John? Oh, I have good news for you then, because we do that very thing at a certain level in our Patreon. Um, But even if you're like, man, I just want to give a buck to these guys. You totally can, and we'd appreciate it. Patreon.com slash core show. Bo, any wild, awesome ideas you have to leave the, the people before we hang up on them? Anything at all? Just be, beware of the time barf. Beware of the time barf. Oh, yeah, and tune into There Will Be Dungeons this Saturday and see how that goes because, man, things got weird in a good way. two words. Time yeah. barf. Time barf. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you all for listening, watching, stick around for games. We're going to be playing tonight, and uh, we're going to have a little guest with us. Tyler Lansdowne will be with us as well. Uh, thanks for watching. We'll see you next week. <laughs>